You're listening to The People's Podcast. I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. But I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another. This is JSC Radio. All right, folks, uh, huge, huge issues facing uh, a venerable magazine, Ebony Magazine. Uh, a number of writers are blasting the publication, saying they owe them thousands of dollars in back pay. All of this dates back, dates back to a number of articles uh, these, are, these are freelance writers have written where Ebony has not paid them for it. Uh, we're talking about thousands of dollars. Many of them say they have not been paid back as far as 2013. Uh, of course, the magazine uh, has been has faced a number of issues uh, in recent years financially. Uh, Every magazine, of course, uh, was sold for Johnson Publications uh, to a, a private equity firm uh, based out of Texas. Now, joining us right now on Skype from Birmingham is Michael Harriet, a staff writer for The Root and one of the writers who has yet to be paid for work uh, with Ebony Magazine. Um, Michael, first off, you, how many pieces did you write for Ebony you've not been paid for? Uh, there's six that I haven't been paid for. Six? Six. And all of them were written in 2016. I think the latest was August when I decided that I wouldn't continue writing for them. Okay, so I, look, I, I've written freelance articles. I, I've written in the past uh, for Ebony, for Essence, uh, for other magazines as well. Uh, it's, it's just me. If I didn't get paid after one, y'all ain't getting five more. Uh, and so, you know, why don't you continue writing and you're not getting paid? Well, well, um, when you write an article for Ebony or any magazine, the check doesn't come like the next day. So during the time that you're writing, and I was writing for them pretty frequently, um, it was during a period where I would expect the check and when they stopped coming in, they were pretty, they were pretty good about paying early on, but they would always be late. So by the time I realized, well, they're just not going to pay me, I was six articles deep um, that I hadn't been paid for. You're listening to The People's Podcast. This is Jay. S.C. Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now, my name is Jay Scott Smith and this is the 98th episode of the People's Podcast. This is J.S.C. Radio. Hey now, how's it going? Jay Scott Smith here. Back at you again for the first time in a couple of weeks. I had to take that extra week because, uh, as you've seen with this podcast, plans tend to change. And the episode that I had planned out to be number 98, that got scrapped because something very important happened. And as you heard there in the uh, in the intro there, in the intro piece there, that was from uh, Roland Martin's uh, former show on uh, TV1. We're talking about Ebony Magazine, and we're talking about why they aren't paying their writers or their staff or anybody else. But first things first, man, you're messing with the worst. I want to make sure I get a shout out to everybody who's continued to support this show as we have done monster numbers since fully making the return earlier this month. Monster numbers, killer numbers. I want to thank each and every one of y'all that supports me across social media. I am on the Twitter machine at J Scott Smith, J A Y S C O two T's S M I T H. The show is on Twitter at J S C radio. The show is now on Instagram 
at JSC Radio. You already get a little bit of a preview of this episode if you happen to check in on Instagram on either the show's page or, of course, on mine, which is still J. Scott Smith, J-A-Y-S-C-O-2-T-S-M-I-T-H. I'm also on Facebook at Real J. Scott Smith. Original. I am actually verified on Twitter and on Facebook. For some weird reason, Instagram continues to refuse to verify me. So I'm not sure what the hell that's about. One of these days, they will definitely do it. Want to shout out my man, Doc Gillingsworth. Doc Gillingsworth, of course, produces the soundtrack of this show or the soundtrack, whichever, of this show. Big ups to my man, Awesome Jones. Damn right, Awesome Jones, whose piece you heard, whose music you heard underneath you to intro this show as often as we possibly can. I want to thank each and every one of y'all that supports us across all the different, or across all the different, I don't know what's going on with the t- today, across all the different podcast providers, including Apple Podcasts, iTunes. We're talking about SoundCloud and Stitcher. We're talking about PodCoin. I'll have more on them later. Talking about PodCoin. Talking about iHeartRadio. Big ups to TuneIn. Shouts out to CastBox. Of course, I want to give a shout out to Radio Public. Google Play is out there. You name the podcast provider we're on there. And of course, we are on Spotify. And I want to thank you for subscribing across any and all of them, no matter where you are listening to this show, on what podcast provider or what country. Yes, what country, whether you're in the United States or Canada or the UK or Spain or France or Germany or Italy, getting a lot of love in Italy lately. Shouts out to, and I'm not making this up, I'm not being just a jackass and saying this. Shouts out to the people in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Shout out to the North Africa crew, people in Algeria and, and in Morocco and in Ghana who are listening to this show on the other side of the Atlantic, to the people who are listening out in Japan and, and checking me out in, in Central America. You may not even know my language, but but you damn sure respect and represent for the show. And you guys are absolutely awesome worldwide. JSC fam worldwide showing nothing but friggin' love all over the damn place. And I want to thank you so much for that. And be sure, of course, to again, follow me on social media at J Scott Smith and at JSC radio on both the Twitter and the Instagram, I have an interesting feeling that perhaps my mentions might be getting a little hot after this show. And let's just get right to it. So as you heard there in the uh, the intro piece, we're talking about Ebony Magazine owing a lot of money to people. The guests on this week's show are two people who were fired by Ebony on June 7th after having not been paid for weeks in one of their cases and for months in their other case. I'm talking about Josh David and Jasmine Washington. Josh David was the social media specialist, the social media director for Ebony Mag, and Jasmine Washington was a reporter for Ebony Magazine. But this all started with the freelancers. And we know the story. You heard Michael Harriet, who writes for The Root, talking about this in that intro with Roland. To be a black freelancer, to be someone who's trying to get into this business, as someone who has spent a hefty amount of his career freelancing or working under contracts, the most important thing you need is your money. Nothing else matters. 
When I go into freelance deals, yes, we're getting right into it and right into the weeds. When I go into freelance deals, one of the first things I ask is how much are you paying and how often or how soon should I expect the money? You have to be that way. Because if you're a black journalist coming into this business, nine times out of ten, especially these days, you're likely doing some sort of internship or you're going to have to freelance. Whether you start off as a freelancer or whether you end up in a position where, like I did on a couple of occasions, you're out of a gig and you just got to you got to hustle. You got to hit that pavement and you got to get your shit right in order to get your name on a byline because out of sight, out of mind is how it works. I've had the pleasure and the privilege of working full-time, part-time, and as a freelancer and under contract. When I was with Grio, for a majority of that time, I was under a contract. I was still technically a freelancer, but I was contracted to work certain times or do certain things or cover certain stories. When I worked back in Michigan, I started off as a freelancer and became a full-timer. But I also spent a lot of time freelancing on articles and yes here's something that's going to be controversial but like i give a damn i've seen and heard so many horror stories about black journalists black writers young and old getting stiffed on their money and more often than not the biggest perpetrators are the black press i'm letting that sink in for a second it's the black press The black press, which has been so important to this industry, which has been largely underrepresented throughout its history, the black press, which at one time was the only way in for writers who looked like me, the black press. And this is probably more so in maybe the last 20 to 25 years has a reputation, whether they want to admit it or not, because I know how y'all get. Black people, we're so reflexive to just defend any and everything black that we basically look the other way. When truth be told, we know what's going on. It's our reflex to look the other way when something goes wrong in our community. It just is. We get stiffed, and you'll hear it in, in the conversation I have. We get stiffed by our own, and yet we reflexively try to defend it make excuses for it. I don't. I absolutely don't. I don't defend any of it because I expect better from our people. I expect better from us, period. You know how often I've had to wonder either A, if I'm going to get paid at all, B, if I'm getting lowballed, or C, if they're going to try to stiff me after telling me that they want to pay me for something. And it sucks. It does. I'm not going to name. I'm going to let y'all live. I'm not going to name the publications. But just know I've worked for a fair amount of you. And a lot of young black freelancers are often in the same position of they can't find a gig anywhere else. That local black newspaper is looking for a writer or a photographer or these days someone to do social media or to edit And they just are happy to have the gig, even if it's freelance, even if there are no benefits, even if you're not really sure when you're getting that check from them. All of that. All of that. 
is why you see so many of us taking these gigs and staying in these places for so long. You heard it when Michael talked about it. And when you're a freelancer, especially if you haven't received one check, but they keep coming back to you for more and more stories, you get in a cycle. And next thing you know, you're six deep to them or five deep or four deep. And you ain't been paid for the first one. Again, I've been lucky enough that when I worked at a place like Rio, for example, they took care of me, especially last year when I was freelancing and kind of back under contract with them. I knew when I sent in an invoice. And by the way, if you're a freelancer, keep up with all your damn invoices. Make sure you date those. Make sure you keep a nice trail on those things. And when something funny or fucked up starts to happen, remember what date you sent it in. Remember what date you wrote it out, everything. Keep your invoices tight. But when I sent my invoice to Grio, I knew within seven to 10 days, I had a check coming. Like clockwork, it showed up. If it didn't show up in that window, either the invoice was processed late or something happened with the mail or it was a holiday and it threw it off. I can't say that for everywhere else. And so many of my fellow black journos, most of which will not say it publicly because we're just too afraid to speak ill of our own. But a lot of black journos have had to swallow a lot of moments where all of a sudden they don't get a check. It comes up short or they're getting paid far less to do the exact same story for another publication. And I don't get that. I've never understood it. Part of my story working as a journalist was I was never going to accept being lowballed, and I still don't. And if that rubs a few people the wrong way, then that's your problem, not mine. I refuse to accept being lowballed. I refuse to accept being played. That's not, not what we want. If we want to cultivate this next generation of black writers, if we want to cultivate this next generation of black editors, black social media managers, black photographers. We got to stop acting minor league. What Ebony Magazine has been doing is the epitome of minor league, which is really sad considering Ebony Magazine is a major league publication. And by the way, when I say Ebony Magazine is minor league, I don't mean triple A. I'm not talking about the Toledo Mudhens. I'm not talking about Wilkes-Barre or any of the other high-level minor league teams. I'm talking about A-ball. I'm talking about developmental, the low minors, not paying people, stiffing them on checks, low-balling them on offers, having paying somebody $50 to do a piece that another publication would pay five times that amount for. Trust me, I know. I've seen it. It's happened to me. I've written thousand word pieces and got paid 50 bucks, then worked for someone else, wrote a 500 word piece and got paid 250. Come on, bro. What are we doing? Ebony Magazine has been around since 1945. Ebony Magazine was founded in Chicago during Jim Crow. Ten years after it was founded, Ebony and Jet Magazine published the picture of Emmett Till, head bashed in in an open casket after being murdered by a lynch mob in Mississippi. It's a magazine, along with Jet, because they're the same company, it's a magazine that is as much a part of black American culture as Motown, as soul food, as jazz music, blues music, hip-hop. It has seen the evolution of blackness in this country. 
and it has had a plethora of great riders, great moments. It has been there on its high points, and then it hit its lowest point, and now Johnson, Johnson Publishing, the original founding company, sold it a few years ago. They've gone into bankruptcy. But it appears the bankruptcy isn't just financial, it's moral as well. Because I don't understand how the you can call yourself a magazine for black people and you lowball black people. You mistreat black people. You don't pay your riders. They had to take them to federal court to get them to finally pay them. And they've still only paid maybe a quarter of what they actually owe. And now you got these stories of what they did to these full-time staffers. And I'm not going to give any more of it away. We're going to go right to it. Ebony Magazine, shame on you. And every other publication, every other small black newspaper, every other every other bit of the black press that participates in this nonsense where you've got people who ain't done their interview in 40 years, where you got people who ain't edited their story in 40 years, driving around in Mercedes Benzes and then crying poor when a writer asks, hey, could you pay me $100 instead of 50 for this? Would it be too much to ask if I at least, I don't know, got paid kind of commensurate to what other newspapers pay? Oh, but you got to understand, we're the black press. We don't have enough money. And we struggle to, to pay our bills. And we're struggling out here to stay alive because they don't support us. You, you wouldn't want to see us die, would you? That's the guilt trip you get laid on you by some of these places. I've heard it. I've fallen for it. I don't fall for that anymore, but I've fallen for it. We all have. We feel this allegiance to have to defend it. We don't want people to think we don't know how to handle our business, despite the fact that we know even the best of us don't know how to handle our damn business. So coming up after this break, I welcome in two people, Josh David and Jasmine Washington. They handled their business at Ebony. Ebony did not handle their business with them. We talked for almost an hour last week, and they get very emotional, and they laid it all the way out there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the power of social media because the way this whole thing even came together was when The Root wrote that story and broke that story last week. I just happened to tweet it out at J. Scott Smith, J-A-Y-S-C-O-2-T-S-S-M-I-T-H, verified. I just happened to tweet it out and Josh spotted it and shared it on his Instagram stories. And we started a conversation and it led to this. You get to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. What exactly happened when they were let go? You get to find out his thoughts and Jasmine's thoughts on going to work for Ebony while Ebony still wasn't paying those freelancers. Coming up after this, you get to hear it all. My name is J. Scott Smith. And this is the 98th episode, episode 98 of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. The shit gets real after this. You're listening to the People's Podcast. I'm not going to be responsible for what happens next. This is JSC Radio. This is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. 
Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. <laughs> hey now, what's happening? Jay Scott Smith here. And I understand you like JSC Radio. I mean, if you didn't, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. But there's a better way to not only listen to JSC Radio, but to also get paid. You heard me. Get paid to listen to podcasts. Just get the PodCoin app on iPhone or Android. It's free and easy to use. It turns your podcast listening experience into money that can go to charity, or if you just want to get an Amazon or a Starbucks gift card, just use PodCoin. For every podcast you listen to, you get PodCoin that goes into an account. By the way, the app is free. It goes into an account, and the more you listen, the more PodCoin you get. You can turn those PodCoins into gift cards. Seriously, just go get the PodCoin app, and you can even use the invite code JSC Radio. You'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up if you use this show's code. Once again, use the invite code JSC Radio to get 300 PodCoin. Give it a try today. Go download the PodCoin app now and enjoy JSC Radio. You're listening to the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. And of course, this is the worst nightmare for any freelancer out there. And I think for a lot of African-American writers, they're really upset because uh, folks hold Ebony Magazine in such high esteem. Uh, and to have so many writers like yourself around the country uh, who are not getting paid for their work, even though the magazine is still publishing, uh, that's disconcerting. Right, because uh, like myself, and I'm pretty sure most of the writers at Ebony Magazine, it's it's an institution to us. We all love it, and we were proud to be in the pages and on the website of Ebony Magazine. So uh, I'm, I've been writing for a long time. Ebony Magazine is one of the few articles that I called my mom and said, look, I'm going to be in Ebony Magazine. So we all hold it to in high regard, and so... We faced a dilemma of whether we spoke out and kind of bashed this institution in our community or whether we keep quiet and do a disservice to our fellow writers and our fellow freelancers. And so that's where we were at. And that's probably why it took so long for this to come out. This is episode 98 of The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Welcome back. Jay Scott Smith here. I want to once again thank you all for the support of the show. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at JSC Radio. Follow the show on Instagram at JSC Radio. There will be a Facebook page coming soon for it as well. The expansion is very real. Of course, you can follow me at J Scott Smith. J A Y S C O two T's S M I T H. I am verified on the Twitter machine. I am real J Scott Smith on Facebook. I'm J Scott Smith on Instagram, even though they refuse to verify me. But who knows? Maybe shows like this will finally get them to get with the program. So I mentioned last week I talked to Joshua David and Jasmine Washington. Joshua David has an amazing story of how he got to Ebony Magazine. And Jasmine Washington had only just really begun her run at Ebony Magazine before things went down. A couple of uh, extra things to note here. I had to record this sitting in my living room. So you're going to hear a lot of a little bit of the background noise. The sounds of the Philly streets will definitely be out there. But I had one shot to get this done and have podcast gear. We'll travel, whipped it out, threw it on the coffee table, set the board up 
and we had to make this happen because this was something that really, really needed to be done. I'm also writing a piece on this for Vibe Magazine that will be coming out soon. And he sent me all kinds of information to make sure that we knew that this was on the up and up. So all this is legit. This is as raw and as real as it gets. I sat down and talked to Jasmine Washington, a reporter, well now former reporter from Ebony Magazine, and Joshua David, the social media director, formerly for Ebony Magazine. This is the People's Podcast, and this is episode 98 of JSC Radio. We told you that C stands for conversations, and we're about to have a really, really important one. Welcome to JSC Radio. I just wish I could be talking to you under better circumstances. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, no, thank you for coming on with me. So first and foremost, and Josh, you're you're the one who's really gotten this story out here nationally and made it go viral, to use the parlance of being in social media. You've made this thing go viral. Tell us a little bit of, before we go into what happened with Ebony, I want to know both of your stories to how you ended up at Ebony Magazine. And Josh, I'll start with you. Give, give yeah. the listeners a little bit of an idea of what your path has been that led you to Ebony Magazine and what drew you to going into social media. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I want to be very clear. The only reason I even stepped forward is because my team and I did this unified. The, the, I want people to understand the most important part of this. The only reason this is all coming to fruition is because a group of writers, as well as me, banded together and stayed together through this very crazy hardship. You know, if it wasn't for Jasmine and my other writers and us being able to have a group to, to be able to, to have a bad day, a good day, a laugh or two, we would not be, because the last three weeks have been daunting for all of us. So that's, I definitely want to just shout out my entire team, especially Jasmine, because the amount of conversations we've had to have about getting through these bad days have not been easy. It has not. Um, but uh, the, the whole process of getting to Ebony is, uh, it's, it's, we, one thing I keep on saying about the group of people at Ebony Magazine, they're not ordinary people. We all have these very drastic stories of, of, of really putting our careers first and kind of the best after, you know, because of how much we care about the content. Um, I moved to Los Angeles about two years ago from New York City. Um, I was working at a restaurant in Los Angeles for quite some time while trying to solidify an opportunity in the entertainment industry. Um, I got invited to the Ebony Gala as a volunteer. Um, basically, I uh, was checking in with celebrities at the gala. A lot of them recognized me from working at Cal Los Angeles. Um, and uh, ironically enough, uh, the, the workers at Ebony, you know, the leadership, saw how well I was having this rapport with a lot of these celebrities and just a lot of the, the you know, the, the thought leaders of the black community. So. Essentially, I brought four resumes, a couple business cards, and I pitched myself to, I want to say, three of the leadership people. And uh, fast forward to about, I don't know, November, we, we kept in communication, several interviews, um, several, several interviews, several assessment tests, several, um, you know, read our social media and let us know what you think about it. Um, you know, and after a couple months, it was November, December, officially got the paperwork, um, January uh, January 23rd, I think, 2018, and it's been it's been grinding ever since. You know, started off as the audience development manager, uh, worked my way up to social media manager, and then eventually became a social media director. And you know, one thing we got to be clear, and you can ask Jasmine this as well: we all do about three or four different jobs. 
you know, at black companies, you know, you know, it's a smaller staff. And so with it being such such uh, large responsibilities among us all, we've all built four or five additional skills while also doing our main priority jobs. So I may have started out as a social media manager, but then I became the red carpet correspondent. I became the talent relations in LA. I became the first point of contact with a lot of the celebrities here in Los Angeles and a lot of the PR firms. I mean, you have to understand, Jay, when I first got this job, the first thing I did, which is not part of my job, I called several PR companies and management companies in LA and apologized for Ebony's behavior in the past. I don't even know what kind of behavior it might have been, but that was the first call when I got this job. So you had to come in, you had to come in and do damage control. I came in with the intent of doing damage control first because I saw on social media how bad the relationships were, how bad the reputation was. You know, I wanted to to rekindle and fix a lot of these broken relationships. What is it that initially drew you to go into doing social media management? This, this is also kind of a, because there's going to be a lot of young people in the, in the industry who hear this and they may not want to go yeah. into the writing half of it and they go towards social media because that's a burgeoning yeah. industry. What drew you into that? Uh, I think I think the truth is, and, and, and again, um, we're, we're moving in a generation where digital and content is constantly being blended together. You know, and we're talking about video assets, articles. There's, there's a point sometimes, Jay, people don't want to read. People rather just hear the news. You know, this podcast is a perfect example. Sometimes people don't want to read this full-on interview. They'd rather just hear the conversation. So, you know, me coming from a background in PR, advertising, hospitality, I've always had this, this draw towards, you know, sitting down and really uh, how what's the best way to sell news. And to be honest with you, for 10 years of hospitality experience, selling news is social media. Selling news, connecting with your audience. And... And that's what drew me to social media. It was an opportunity to not only talk about uh, content um, and, and display it through random forms of, of, of you know, graphics and, and videos and, and tweets and even comments, but I'm getting to talk about black and brown community. I'm getting to talk about us. Us? Absolutely. Like our story? Uh, I say up in the suburbs. I was the you know the only black kid in most of my classes. So to finally be able to stand up with with these writers, these passionate mothers, these passionate uh, single black women, these passionate uh, people about our community, and talk about LGBTQ, social injustice, black achievements, black and brown artists and musicians in the industry trying to make it out here the right way. No, I get that. That's powerful. Oh, I absolutely get that. Where are, you, where are you originally from? I'm born and raised from South Florida. You know, grew up in Coal Springs, you know, Coal Springs, Florida. You know, went to Florida State University and, you know, the rest is history. You know, just kind of delved into business, got into hospitality, got into sales and hospitality, did that for quite some time, moved to London, moved to New York, and then ended up in Los Angeles. And I'll switch gears to Jasmine here because, Jasmine, I want to know some of your background, too. Like, what was your path that led you to Ebony Magazine? And tell me about some of the work that you've done and, and help others understand the, the road you took to get where you are. Sure. My journey in media and entertainment has been a long time coming. Um, I started out as an intern with Juicy Magazine, and I was there for about a good four years. Uh, that was like a really, really, really important moment in my career. I started out as an intern. 
I was able to do some freelance writing for the magazine, and then I got hired as an online editorial assistant. And then from there, I worked my way up to online editor. After Juvie Magazine folded in 2015, I did some freelancing around for a while, and then I found my way to VH1, where I served as a celebrity and lifestyle writer. I basically recapped celebrity and entertainment news throughout the weekend, originally, and then I picked up some shifts during the day. And during my time there, I made a few friends, and I wound up at BET, writing for them for a while. I was at BET, I want to say I was there for around a year before the managing editor asked me to come on for a new project where you you would be creating a new digital franchise called BET Noted. Um, that was exciting because this was my first time working in video. So I was usually primarily, primarily used to working in edit, on the editorial side. So that was super fun. And I created videos at BET all the while working as an editor at night. And after a while, I was at BET for two years doing both roles and I just decided I wanted to try something new and I looked online and I saw a listing at Ebony and I figured why not? Ebony is a legacy brand in the black community. Everybody knows the historical importance of the magazine. Absolutely. So I jumped at the opportunity. And you've been there and, and you've been at Ebony for how long? I had a very brief tenure at Ebony. I came on in March, and we all were let go in June. Were either, now, the thing that jumped out to me the most, and Josh, your story just caught me completely off guard here. You said that you have, they owe you about $10,000. How long has it been since they paid you? For that amount okay. of money, and Jasmine, I'll get to you in a second too. How? When was the last time they paid you? May seventeenth was the last day that we were paid. Thank you, Josh. Because you gotta understand, Jay, to process to hear these things out loud to us. Every time we hear this, you get compartmentalized these thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you're you're coming forward about a very honestly a combination of a very embarrassing, but also really unfortunate situation. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the truth is, is that, you know, each of us have a certain amount. And I didn't want to put my number out, but the truth is, is that on paper via email, they owe me eight grand. But because of California laws, because of the waiting penalties of not paying your employee, it's an actual other whole paycheck. It's literally another additional paycheck because we didn't get a fish. We haven't gotten fish since May 17th. We were owed a check on the 31st. We were owed a check on the 7th. day we were all terminated. Okay, ironically enough. And now we're another 14 days. By California law, because this is definitely not good faith, this company has left me in the dust to not only have to find another job during the summer market, but decided to not even give us a confirmed date of when they're going to pay. So California law states that for every day that has now passed, you're paying for eight hours worth of pay. Wow. That's why we have to find a lawyer. I can't just, even if they paid us tomorrow, Jay, I can't just let this go because now there's additional money and there's additional grievances that are happening right now. You know, everyone wants to say, you know, you guys are so brave, but the truth is, Jay, we also have to find jobs through all of this, through all of this experience through all of this negative press, positive press. And the truth is that that's a lot of us, that's a lot of us we're internalizing in the process. And for Jasmine to just start this company, 
imagine how I feel. I was so excited to have her on the team. All of us were. And then she's experiencing all these crazy things happening in less than, what, six months? Not even that's a year in a job. No, if you, if, because Jasmine, if you came in in March, that's three months. Like you just, yeah. you just really are kind of getting, most people when they get into a job, it's 90 days. And you're in yep. there effectively 90 days and all this just suddenly happens. Yeah. The reputation Ebony had online kind of scared me a little bit when I was researching because of course I'm a millennial, I'm always on Twitter. So I was there when the whole Ebony O controversy happened. So as a journalist, I looked into it. And when I met with the hiring manager who brought me on, I was very clear in asking if there would be any problem with payment. And they reassured me that the company was going in a whole new direction. The people who were involved previously have left the company. They're not involved in that kind of context. The digital brand is doing so well that we don't have any issues in terms of payment. So I felt reassured to come on. Once I got there, there were a series of events that happened that kind of let me know that I wasn't as secure as they said I was. And I really, I expected this to happen. Like, before we even were let go, I literally explained everything that would happen to Joshua. She did. Before we were even let go, I was like, hey, I already know what's going to happen. They're going to lay us off and they're not going to pay us. She did. She did, Jay. And this was before they even let us go. I'm like, I can just feel it. Like, I know what's going on. Like, I know this is exactly what they're going to do. And I feel like for me, I would have been okay if they would have just paid us like a week or two later. But the fact that they have been so, I feel like it's just disrespectful. There's no communication. There's no communication. And that is hurtful because it's like, this is our livelihood. Many of our co-workers have families. They have children. One of our coworkers has a son who has a severely bad food allergy. Yep. They don't offer us health care. Like, what are we supposed to do? And y'all don't even have the decency to call us and just say, hey, you know what? We're still working on things. We'll check in for another update in two weeks. Right. I would yep. be totally fine with that. That would yep. be okay. I wouldn't yep. have an issue. But the fact that everyone is just, they've ghosted us. Like, literally ghosted us. Now, you just said something and I noticed I there. That is- you, you said something I just mm-hmm. picked up there. You said they didn't offer you health care. Yes. And this and you're full-time employees. Yes. So you're full-time employees. You're not offered health care. And no. they're coming slow with, with your money. Jasmine, how much is it that you're owed in this amount of time? I'm nowhere near in the hole as Josh, <laughs> thankfully. But um, I'm owed a paycheck, well, actually, we were supposed to be paid on March 31st. We were paid bi-weekly, so that's two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to pay us up until June 7th. So mm-hmm. basically about, like, two paychecks. Just putting that in perspective for the people who are hearing this, just imagine what it's like if you went without two paychecks that you know you were owed. Whatever, of whatever amount it is. If you're listening to this right now and you know how much you get paid every two weeks or in the ballpark, imagine knowing that you go four weeks without getting paid that. That's insane. That That's that's honestly insane. And I've seen Ebony Magazine since I was getting black person knows Ebony Magazine. You know Ebony Magazine. It's a heritage magazine in our community. And this is what they're doing to young black writers, social media people, and obviously with the freelancers. So, and you mentioned, you, you looked up the Ebony, both of you. Knew, kind of knew about the Ebony O situation. When you saw what was going on with the freelancers, for example, 
How much pause did that give you thinking about this could be us too? It was a huge red flag for me. I'm not going to lie. I was really, really skeptical because I was in a very comfortable position at my previous employment. I had been there for two years. I had really good relationships with the staff there. But I was just like, you know what? Maybe it's just time for something new. Why don't you just try it and go for it? And I just can't. (laughs) Like, I can't believe it. You see these kind of things and then you... Because I feel like we all wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt that they would get it together. Despite all the craziness that happened in the past, look at these kinds of situations and be like, you know what? They may have messed up. Maybe they're on the right path now. And for me, it was kind of like an attachment because like, who wouldn't want, like as a black woman, you feel so passionate about the stories in your community. What better place to tell those kinds of stories than a place like Ebony Magazine? So it was kind of like a no-brainer, but in the back of my mind, I knew. Like, I just felt it. And I guess that's, like, my fault for, like, going into a situation where I knew it from the beginning. I just didn't feel right about it. It's one of those things where it's like, you don't trust your instinct, and you're like, see, this is why I have to trust my instinct. It, it, it's, it, it blows my mind hearing this because you just sometimes you got to kick yourself because you think, okay, they couldn't, maybe they are getting it right. Like you said there, maybe they are getting it right. And then you have this happen to you when you and, and both of you are obviously we're all on social media. What do you say to the person, to the smart ass on Twitter or to the smart ass on on Facebook or whatever, who says y'all should have known better? What do you say to that person? Because, you know, and I'm sure you've probably gotten it invariably. What do you say to that person who comes at you sideways saying you should have known this was going to happen? You deserved it. All that sort of silliness that they pull on social media these days. Jay, you have to, it's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> like it's the but, truth. <laughs> yeah, but before before we even like continue, I, I want everybody to understand this isn't us bashing. You know, this isn't a wake. We're not waking up every day like we're gonna bash this company. The truth is, this hurts. This oh is yeah, sad because the only reason why Jasmine took this job was because at the end of the day, Jasmine was gonna be able to talk about black and brown stories. Exactly. Black and brown stories. Black men, black women, black children being killed, LGBTQI, black transgendered women being murdered. You know, just all of these things. Tons of stories that wouldn't make it on other publications. Ebony lived for that specific reason. Not the celebrity stories, but the true stories about our community. Okay? So that's the first thing that people got to understand. We took this job, even with as bad as it looked like in the streets, we were like, we knew that if we go in this with the right heart, there's a chance that this may just, we can come out of this. Because Jasmine started, what, three months ago, and several of her stories did extremely well. Several of them. Because they were stories not being told by other publications. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm running the social media for nearly a year and a half. I'm running the social media. My first couple months, I'm like, hey, what's Ebony O's? What's Ebony O's? And I'm being told, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm on social media every day for you guys, and you don't want to tell me what's really going on? That's disturbing. That's disturbing. I'm doing your social media every day. I'm speaking on behalf of the company on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram every day for you. And you're on social media. Just to reinforce what Josh was saying, I I really hope people understand where we're coming from. We actually tried to handle this privately we didn't want to like come forward with like the specifics of what's going on and even in the conversations that we're having about our experiences at ebony we're not even delving into a large majority of what actually happened there 
And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. We experience a lot of different things that we have not come forward with yet. And I just feel like we've done that out of respect for the brand. That just became against like a mutual respect for us. So I think that's like my biggest, the thing that I want people to know the most is that nobody is trying to bash Ebony. Who wants to have, like, I've been in this industry for seven years. I've never been connected to any scandal. Like, I don't want this to be my legacy. I don't Absolutely. want to be the girl that's known online for talking about her previous job. I still have to look for jobs. So when people Google my name, it's not going to be my work that comes up. It's going to be an interview I did about not getting paid in my old job. Yeah. Like, who wants that to be their legacy? I would have much rather them to say, hey, you know what? We'll give you your money in two weeks. The two weeks came, they gave me my money. I would go on about my day. But now it's bigger than that. It's bigger than us not getting our money. What about the other writers who are going to be just like me and be like, you know what? Maybe they change. I'm going to come here. Like, no, we have to raise awareness to prevent other people from falling into similar situations. And not even just in this particular instance, but in various other career fields. It's really important that we kind of just, like, show the dark side of business. Because the thing is is that, and me and Jasmine talk about it all the time, Jay, if we don't talk about it now, right? Right. If this happened to freelancers, okay, so the pattern is it happened to freelancers, right? And they had salaried employees. Now you're doing it to your salaried employees two years later, a year later. You're telling me, God forbid, if we didn't come forward, there's a high possibility that a whole new batch of people would get hired and it could happen again in 2021, 2022. That's a problem. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. And so coming forward was one of the scariest things. I didn't go to sleep that entire night. I stayed up till 4 a.m. in the morning because I was like, my name is out there now. And I'm still trying to find a job. It's a scary thought, Jay. That's the thing. That's, in Hollywood. That's the next in question. Hollywood. That's the next question is how much reply? Are you fearing any reprisal? Are you worrying about the potential of getting blackballed? The having to struggle to find because you your resumes would be enough to walk you into any place you'd want to walk into. But to, or so you think. So you think. And now with this, how much do you fear that speaking out could possibly cost you either in the short term or long term? I, I mean, Jay, it's the summertime. It's the summertime. You chose the first of you chose the first of the month, June first. You decided to not pay your your, your employees their first their first paycheck, and then proceed to fire them two weeks later. You have not given anybody a month's worth of salary. So not only are we processing that, right, Jay? We have to also process the fact that we have to find another job. Mm-hmm. While the rumors about the, the bankruptcy and the possibility that we heard you guys didn't get paid. And it's like, I don't want to talk about that at the interview. I just want to talk about trying to get this job. And you worry that not only are, do you feel a little bit blackballed, Jay, but you kind of feel like, do people think that we're one-dimensional because we've been only doing this content? You know what I'm saying? Those those thoughts come into your mind. All these all these worrisome things of like I've come forward now, like it's been two days. Have I got many phone calls? Is anyone looking at my resume? Am I now on the list of like the person? Because now it looks like you're not a loyal person. It looks like you're not loyal because you're out here speaking on behalf against of a company of some ill kind of advised things that have taken place. So those things come into our mind all the time. But it's like again, if it wasn't for the group of writers that we're connected to, Jasmine and I to constantly keep us pushing forward, we wouldn't even be on this call right now. It's a scary thought, man. Oh, absolutely. It's a scary thought, and I've even accepted. I, I, I'm willing to move back to New York if I can't find a job here because Hollywood is very small, and doing something like this, it's not the smartest thing. It's a brave thing, but it's also maybe not the smartest thing, you know? I feel the same way. With technology being as 
advanced as it is, all it takes is two seconds to look up someone's name. And like I said before, with all this going on, even if I didn't come forward with my name, if someone Googled and saw that I was at Ebony and they like just looked to check up on the institution, they see that it's just like a whole big scandal. So when I come in for an interview, they ask me primarily about the scandal. And that would just like take away from me explaining why I'd be an amazing asset to any company. And I just feel like it, it kind of plays on your confidence a little bit. I'm going to be 110% honest. You work so hard to have like a really great career. I feel like we all are pretty decent people. We don't have bad reputations in the industry. So for this kind of thing to just like come and like almost take over all the hard work that we put in is just very unfortunate and very sad. Because you want to feel like, hey, you know what? I went to this place, I got this million views in this short amount of months. That should be enough to be like, hey, this girl knows what she's doing. But then there's also, oh yeah, well, that's the place she's at. You know, so I think it's like one of those things where it's bad as like, as much as it's affecting me, I know that my bills have to get paid. So I can't, like, what am I gonna do, not get a job? Absolutely. Like, I can't just be like, oh no, people are gonna talk about me. They're gonna ask me questions. So I just have to continue to put myself out there. But internally, it's like a completely different thing. Absolutely. I was just about to say that you can't go to like Navy and Donut or any of your student loan providers and be like, hey, I have an IOU from Ebony Magazine. Like, that's not gonna work. You can't right. go to your landlord and say like, hey, I have an IOU from Ebony Magazine. Like, no, we all have bills. Yeah. Life doesn't stop. Yeah. And I think that's my biggest gripe, that it's just a lack of concern for our well-being. Like, what are we supposed to do? We worked hard for all of this. We got all these millions of views. Josh added hundreds of subscribers to social media. All the great things that we did for this company, they didn't have to ask us to do this. We went above and beyond in a lot of instances. Yes. They didn't have yes. to like run behind us like, oh my God, you guys are having a really bad news day. Yes. No. Yes. Let's we all were there going above and beyond to make Let's sure that all the work that was done on digital and social was amazing. So, like, for us to do such great work and for them to just basically, like, disregard us, like, they literally just tossed us aside. Tossed us aside. Yes. I want to I wanna just piggyback off of that, Jay. A lot of the things that have happened at Ebony, from us going to Red Carpet, from the stories being covered about the LGBTQIA, those communities, these stories would not have seen light of day if the passionate writers and social media people on this team fought for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Me flying all over Chicago, you know, from New York to Chicago to North Carolina to go and interview, uh, you know, new artists to talk to big and small actors and actresses. Do you know what it felt like to start seeing black and brown actors and actresses saying it's really good to see you here at this event? Do you know what that felt like? Because it felt like we were doing something right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Jay, we got a GLAAD Media Award nomination. Our, our team, our digital team got a GLAAD media award nomination we did enough in the digital field for the lgbtqia like one of the most well-known societies that that put on you know awards to, to, to highlight publications that spend their time in in sharing these stories we got a nomination because of the work we did online we were changing ebony's narrative slowly but we were changing it and that's not easy okay ab jasmine christina jessica teddy ebony so many of us worked till late, late night doing work for Ebony. Doing ask Jasmine, Jasmine, after the Met Gala, wasn't I up all night posting that stuff? Because yeah. we cared. We cared, Jay. 
we cared. Like, we cared so much, man. And then you call us and fire us within two minutes without any concern, just, oh, you know, we're terminating your position, we're changing directions, sorry, you don't know when you're going to get paid, bye. That hurts. That's dirty. That that's dirty. That's the best way I can describe it. That's dirty. And y'all did y'all deserve better than that. Every, anybody who works for a company, especially a hair, I can, I'm going to keep using that word, a heritage magazine. People yeah. people who are our our parents and grandparents' age know Ebony Magazine and the history that's attached to a name like Ebony Magazine, and to see this generation of young black. Writers, young black social media execs, young black producers and editors getting treated like this. This ain't right. It's not it's, it's not cool. Whether you're a freelancer or full time, you don't need to be treated this way because bills do need to be paid. I freelanced. Absolutely. I had to I had to freelance to stay in pocket when I lost a job and having to make things work out and try to tie things together. And it's scary enough when you're freelancing to begin with. If you're full-time, you you should have the expectation of being able to get taken care of. Absolutely. And treated the right way, treated with respect, and especially from, let's keep it real, our own people. Right. You got it, not me. That's a, right. See, I can say that here, but it's, but it's like, no, it's, it, it's the, it just bothers me so much seeing this when I see, because I don't know how old the two of you are, but when I see See people, young young black people getting into this business, and this is the experience that they have when you get a major shot and they're acting so minor league. I think that's the fortunate thing for me. Prior to Ebony, I've had amazing experiences. From Juicy Magazine, which was an all-black, led by black women, magazine geared towards black women. It was an amazing experience. This was like black girl magic before it was like a thing to DH1 and BT, like I've worked in so many different media fields of media. It's just like, this is the first time when I ever felt this way. I've always been supported and encouraged. And it's just like to see like the management just kind of just say, hey, like you're working cool, but we ain't paying y'all. It's just very, very, very like eye-opening, but I'm just so fortunate to have had good experiences previously that I'm not like, you know what, I can't work with black people no more. I don't want to be involved with black people anymore. Right. Because somebody who's like fresh into the industry, they may have a completely different perspective when you go through something as traumatic as the things that we've gone through at Ebony. You know? So I think that's like one of the things that's also it's also like really comforting to me to just know that this is not every black experience. Because yeah, I've been... I was, I was going to say, it's ironic because Jasmine, in the same way that you've been in the industry, this was kind of like my foot in the door, you know? Like, mm-hmm. prior to this, Jay, I was volunteering for the Grammys, you know, trying to get that job in New York, waiting for that job opportunity. I moved to New to LA with the hopes of getting into the entertainment industry finally because, you know, I, that's why, you know, that's just the goal. And so when this opportunity fell into my lap and what it did, I took full advantage. It was a volunteer opportunity. I turned into a full-time job. And when I snowballed into what it is now, where it's, okay, you're not only social media director, you're the, you're the face of the company in the West Coast. And I put my name out there on behalf of this company for so many partnerships, so many partnerships. But when, you, when you're talking to celebrities and they bring up the conversation about, well, Josh, I would love to work with you, but have you paid the freelance writers? I don't, what am I supposed to say, Jay? Wow. What am I supposed to say? I don't know. I don't know. But then, and then now I'm being thrown out 
I'm the opportunity and this is gone. And, and this is my kind of first big break, Jay. My first big break. Now it's like, well, do you even want to do this? Is it going to be an opportunity after this? Are you completely blackballed? Is this your, 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 you know, your glow up and now it's just done? It was just, you know, a year and a half, two years of listen now. You're back to what? Just, you know, not working in the industry because of this. And to think, that was just the first 30 minutes of what we had to talk about. Coming up after this quick break, Jasmine and Josh talk about what it was like working for that company as all hell was breaking loose on social media, what it was like for him being out in the streets and out at events and having to deal with the myriad of questions, and we find out what's next for them considering that they are now on the market trying to get hired once again after this scandal. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 98th episode of The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. We're having a conversation about how Ebony still owes, and we'll be back after this. You're listening to The People's Podcast. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. This is JSC Radio. So, you know, I'm a dog, and I'm kind of new to this family, but I've noticed a trend. My humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket, but it's always the same basket, and it's always the same place, and then they act so surprised when I find them, but I'm like, hello, that's where you put it last time. Humans are the worst at hide-and-go-seek. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. You're listening to the People's Podcast. And we swagger when we walk, because by God, we can. This is JSC Radio. This is the 98th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Welcome back. Jay Scott Smith here. Want to shout out my man, Doc Gillingsworth, who you know as you hear this music underneath you. This is the man who produces the soundtrack for this damn podcast. Be sure to check him out on Twitter, at Illingsworth. It's the same name on Twitter. It's the same name on Mellow Music Group, where you can get all of his music. Be sure to check out Mellow Music Group as well. They're on SoundCloud, and I will be sure to throw the link to Illingsworth's latest album, You're No Fun, in the description of this podcast. Now, let's get back down to this. Let's continue the conversation we're having with Josh David and Jasmine Washington, formerly of Ebony Magazine. We'll pick things up asking them about what their plans are going forward because initially we thought this was going to be the end of the conversation it turns out we got a whole lot more to go through about this and we started off by finding out what's next for them and how difficult it is kind of plunging back into a job market especially after a situation like this you're listening to jsc radio i I certainly feel for you guys because you deserve better than this I'm I'm being straight up with you. you. Deserved a lot better than this. Going forward, what's the? And I guess we can as we can kind of start to wrap this up. 
going forward, what is the next plan for both of you? And have you had people reaching out to you even about possible opportunities or anything of the like? What What is next for you guys? I think like the rest of the team that was laid off, we're all just trying to secure another job. We've all been like going on interviews and just like seeing things like how they play out. But for now, we're all just applying to different places. We have been getting callbacks, so that's kind of positive. So I think that's like the best way that we can look at it. Like just, yeah. we're just trying to find the next big thing. Yeah, we're trying to pick up the pieces. Basically, we're just trying to pick up the pieces and and move forward. Jay, I think I think um, obviously we're, we're we're all trying to keep this as a possibility of having to get representation. That's been very difficult. I've spoken to at least fourteen lawyers in Los Angeles, and guess what, Jay? A lot of people don't want to touch this. You know why? Because they're bankrupt, apparently, or, or there's no there's no real money that's going to come out of the situation, and that's a reality that we're all having to face to say, there's a huge possibility I may not get paid. You have to see those things, and, and that's a scary subject, because in 10 days, in 9 days, we all have to come up with rent. Man. We all have to get to come up with rent, and again, Jay, continue looking for a job. I want everyone to understand that it's, this is where this is all stemming from. It's not about the fact that we lost this job. Even if Ebony told us, hey, listen, this is your paycheck. We're sorry, but we can't survive. Thank you for being 100 with us. Thank you. But you, there's none of that. We didn't get any of that. You, you guys are super brave for doing this. And I personally have been in situations similar to this where you don't know when that next check is coming and you don't know when that money you're owed is going to show up. It's a terrible situation to be in. And I think you guys have actually done this industry, and especially in black media circles, especially. You've done us a huge service by putting this out there and by saying, look, we just want our money and want to be able to go on about our careers. This isn't about taking anybody down. This is specifically about let's just pay me what you owe and let me go on my way. And that's it. What was it? Yeah, tell. Definitely tell me about that, because I know that had to be an odd situation. It, Jay, it's the most stressful thing because how are you talking about black social injustice while there's social injustice being being happening right in the in your home, right in the where you work, and not talk about it? It's this like it's this weird uh, uh, skeleton in the closet that we just constantly just try to not talk about, and it's like, well, what's going on with the case? Oh, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just focus on your job. Okay, listen, I know I got to make a check, but I'm reading people text. Everything I was tweeting, Jay, there was a certain point. Everything I tweeted, people were like, that's not a real person. Ebony owes us money. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, everybody, and I'm not rightfully so. There are people that were angry, Jay. So how dare Ebony continue working when you haven't paid these people? Like, I mean, it was so weird for me to, to like I said, multiple celebrities, while I'm having conversations with them, we're like, but Josh, did they pay their writers? 
so-and-so, I, I really don't know, but I would love to work with you. Do you know how bizarre that is, Jay? It's, it's, it's really strange, and it's interesting now that I think about it because I remember when the first Ebony O's hashtag really took off. So you were probably the guy really behind the Twitter account having to look at those mentions with, I can even imagine what the mentions look like. Oh, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to do some sad stories. I mean, I felt awful. It's awful, man. The mentions, but they, I mean, these are, these are, it's truth, right? Like, it's the, these people are speaking in truth in the same way that we're doing right now. This, that's what they were doing, Jay. And it's so crazy to absorb that and, and realistically realize, like, I am living exactly what these people live. Is this karma? Should I have not been working for Ebony in the first place at all, even though I only did the right things there? All those thoughts come to your mind every day. I, but I, you keep a good, you keep the, you keep, you keep moving forward because you're like, at the end of the day, this company, this, this heritage company, at least for digital, I know that I wake up every day and work with this group of incredible black men and women who care about the community. We really do, Jay. You, if you look at the social media, if you look at the stories, as the year goes by, man, we started getting more real. We started getting more honest, more real, more unapologetic about the, the stories of what our people were going through. Even with all the all the even with all the bad PR, that's the world we're living in right now, Jay. It, it's it's astonishing. It's, it's absolutely astonishing. astonishing. And the yeah, and just from you being the social media, the social media director, Jasmine being a reporter working on stories dealing with our community, and yeah, that question of. How can you do this knowing that other writers aren't getting paid? And it's almost like it's being heaped on you, but it's not as if you guys made the decision not to pay anybody. It's just that this is the it's a terrible position to be put in because it's no win. And I feel like for me specifically, because I'm still well, I was so new to the party over there. As far as I knew, everyone was paid by the time I had gotten there. Oh yeah, that's true. I yeah, got there in March Yeah, that's when they reached that settlement. So you know, yeah. I was under the impression that everything was cool. So I'm like, okay, they got money to pay these people. They just, like, I shouldn't have any problems. And again, that's just like, my, I have to accept responsibility for my role and taking the job. When you know that people don't have the most reputable, they're not like in good standing. So it's just, it's a learning experience. I think it's summarizing it up. It's yep. all a learning experience. And I had a really great time there. I developed really great relationships with all of my coworkers there. The digital staff is amazing. The print staff that would come in and out of the office, they were cool too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we had any discourse among us. There were just other things going on above us that kind of affected the situation. And that's another thing for me. If we were fired because we weren't hitting traffic numbers, I would be okay with that. I will be totally fine. Like, you know what? My work obviously is not doing well. We deserve to be let go. Like, if it was my fault while they fired me, I will be okay because it's just like, hey, you messed up. Go find a new job. But when you're creating such high-level work at such high frequency, I just can't right now. Like, it's just like you cannot. Like, when you think about all the work we've done, especially, like, in the last month that we worked, we've made amazing numbers the month of May. And we stopped working before the end of the month officially, right? Yep. Yes, ma'am. We issued a work stoppage on May 31st. Uh, the 31st, the day we didn't get paid. Our, yeah, our first, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because that was, that was officially going to be our, that was our first paycheck of not getting paid, right, Jeff? 
Yeah, we were supposed yeah. to be paid on the 31st. Um, they emailed us on the 30th and informed us that we wouldn't be paid because of a delay in um, capital. capital. Yeah. And when we found out that they wouldn't be paying us, we were like, okay, we're not going to work until y'all pay us. Not even that they wouldn't be paying us. We never got a date, Jay. Let's, let's remember that. A company told us, we don't know when you're going to get paid. There was no confirmed date. So we had no choice but to do a work stoppage. We had no choice. And then, and then even after we issued the work stoppage, there was no communication until they reached out to us and informed us that the New York office would be closing and that we would be working remotely until they scouted a new location for us. Mm-hmm. And, and then two days after that was the day that we all got let go. And then a week after that, they emailed us and told us that we would like a separate package for each person about what they were owed. Correct. And we haven't heard from them since. And we haven't heard from them since. Jay, you, 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 we get a work, we, uh, we tell you guys we're going to do a work stoppage. HR goes, I understand. That's fine. Okay. And so multiple days go by. We, it's silent. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. The only people in communication are the digital staff. Hey, how's everybody holding up? Are you guys okay? I love you guys. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's keep finding jobs. Let's keep finding jobs. We get, I, I notify my entire team, I'm like, yo, they changed all the social media passwords. Thursday morning, I got an alert on my phone, all the passwords were changed, okay? So they knew, Friday even, morning. they knew the day before. They'd already set everything up to. Yes, exactly. Friday morning, each of us are locked out of our email accounts and each of us get a phone call one after the other and get a quick, hey, uh, your position's being terminated, changing direction, Sorry, don't know when you're going to get paid. Send you an email when with all your money that we owe you. Bye. Damn. And that's the end of the story. And we haven't, we didn't hear from them since. And then, so that's, that's how we take, that's June 7th. Okay. That's how we process the breakup. June 7th. Okay. June 12th. What is today's date? Today's date is the 21st. That's June 7th. June 12th. Okay. You terminated us on a Friday. You sent no official termination letter. You sent no final pay letter. You decide to send an official letter June 12th, okay? Stating how much you owe everybody. And that is the last time we heard from you. And it's no date to when they're going to rectify that payment. No date to when you're gonna rectify, give severance, fulfill your payment duties. And then proceed, as soon as the Root published article came out, guess who emailed me? (laughs) Probably HR. HR and I'm and I immediately just I kept things moving. I didn't open it. I said, you know what? I'm just gonna keep moving because I know this game. The bullying tactic. He came forward. Let's go after him. I know this game. The truth is, so you guys, you guys have access to the emails. You guys know where we are. And the only time you want to email me is to is to what? You get in contact with me about the article. That's that's not how this game goes. You can't move like that. And then another thing that I just like to reinforce is that. We haven't said anything negative about the brand at all. Nothing, nothing. We are literally just saying what happened while we worked there. They're expecting. We're not dragging them. There's no dragging or bashing, Jay. There's no dragging or bashing. You're basically. This is all factual. Yeah, you're just you're just laying out what happened. And the thing is, I think that's like the thing a lot of people don't understand. It's like, oh, y'all are just dragging. No, nobody's dragging anybody. We're just telling the truth about what happened to us. And I think that's important because a lot of times people in professional situations feel like they can't come forward because of backlash like that. Yeah. Like, the moment you sit there and tell the truth about what you've experienced, 
you automatically get a target on your dog as being yep. messy, as being disloyal, yep. and all of that. Meanwhile, it's just like, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Jay, we had no other card to play. There was, Jay, we, we called them, you're ignoring our phone calls. We called, we email you, you're ignoring our emails. Send, we send letters to the P.O. box, you're not even checking the P.O. box probably. The, the Houston Department of Labor can't get in touch with you. What are we supposed to do, Jay? What are we supposed to do? This isn't, this isn't a bashing because everything that's being said is 100% true. None of this is emotionally triggered. You know what I'm saying? The, and to be quite honest with you, you gotta, you gotta respect the fact that two people have decided to not only come forward, but try to keep the language as possible. This is, this is just the truth. It's sad. It's the sad truth. But it's our truth. And that's, that's all you got. And that's the best thing you can go with. That's the best thing you can go with. We've been, we've been here for nearly an hour, almost 50 minutes. And this could go for two more hours. The way that, the way that this is a parting message to those who are hearing about this. And also to anybody who might be interested in either helping out, getting the word out about what to do. What do you, what do you have to say for people after they've heard all this? What is what for both of you? What would be your, I guess, your parting message for now, going forward with this uh, with this issue with with Ebony Magazine? I want to just reiterate once again that this is not an attack on Ebony Magazine. John H. Johnson and Miss Unique Johnson gave their life to this publication. Okay, and you have to understand that even talking about this in the negative light, it it, it hurts your heart. Because this is all, this is one of the few that we have. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so people have to understand that it's not, it's not the bashing. It's the fact that we have to talk against the company that I've been working with the last almost two years of my life and making incredible movements, in my opinion, on content for black people. So this isn't an attack on Ebony. This is an attack on, on, this is what it looks like when heritage companies get bought and, and aren't handled properly with business decisions. And so I say this to people that are leaving college and want to get into this industry. I say this to people that want to move to LA and chase the dream of becoming a broadcaster or a reporter. Stay on the line. Stay committed, stay focused, stay true. Because it's always said if you're authentic, what's for you is for you. So I say that this hashtag Ebony always thing, it's, it's not just being petty, it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not an attack, it's truly a cry for help. It really is. It's a cry for help for people from our community, from, from, from lawyers, to, to unions, to, to, to investors, to the Melody Hobsons of the world, to the Robert F. Smiths of the world, to the Jay-Z's of the world, to understand that this is a black-owned company that, that unfortunately has let down their community a multitude of times and the fact that we're fighting and putting content out about social injustice we're living it right now against the very company that used to pay us that's ironic that's that's my statement that's my statement to everyone i also want people to know that it's really important to hold people accountable if you know that someone is treating someone else unfairly even on a personal level do the best that you can to make sure that people are treated fairly. I think that's something that's missing in the world today. A lot of people will turn a blind eye when they see someone mistreating someone 
And I think that's just important that it's something that we, especially in the black community, it's important to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't respect you. It means I want the best for you because I want you to treat people right. So I think it's just really important to hold each other accountable. And don't have any fear. Be fearless. Be fearless. I think with that, we can wrap this up. But um, Josh and uh, Jasmine... I wish you nothing but the best. We got your back out here in Philadelphia and black writers all across the country definitely do because we all understand how difficult this is. It's tough enough already in this industry without all this extracurricular nonsense. And we feel for you guys. And there's, as you found out, there are a lot of people who have your back. And, and I want to personally thank you for doing this, talking to me on this podcast. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences. Thank you so much for giving us a platform to share our stories. That's really yeah. important. Yeah. I just want to thank Mr. Jay Connor from The Root for just, you know, really holding it holding it down for us because we really didn't want to push forth the story. We really held off on that story for two weeks because we were like, you know what? They're going to pay us. They're going to pay us. We know it. We know it. They're, they're going to do what's right. And he was patient with me. And I just want to say thank you to Jay Connor. And I just want to say thank you to NABJ. And to UJ and to William Ketchum, to to the, the thought leaders of the black community organizations and the writers, you guys really have been helping us in, in the right channels and the right people to talk to about the situation. And, and my heart goes out to you guys, and I just want to say thank you. And to the freelance writers, I get it now. And I, I get it. And to be put through the same thing that you guys have been put through, I understand that now this was a learning lesson that we all needed. And I'm grateful for it, unfortunately, even though it's an unfortunate lesson. Joshua David and Jasmine Washington, thank you so much for coming on on JSC Radio. Thank you so much for this, and Godspeed to both of you. And there you have it. I can honestly tell you in the more than three years I've done this podcast and with the probably dozen interviews or so I've done, conversations we've had on this show, that one that I had there with Jasmine and Josh is maybe one of the most important ones I've had. I would put it right there with the conversation I had with Brittany Noble almost a year ago. It's the same one I put right there with Melissa DePino and Michelle Sahin from Privilege to Progress, the, the podcasting while black episode I did. That, the, the one I had with Lara Witt back in 2016, it's the, um, honestly, it, it's, the, uh, it's the type of conversation that, I envision doing plenty more of on a podcast like this. I want to thank Josh and thank Jasmine. Josh is out in LA. Jasmine's in New York City. And they, um, they're they fighting their ass off. And they were very upfront. I appreciated how upfront and honest they were about dealing with that situation with the specter of the unpaid freelancers hanging over their head. This is a story that's not going to end anytime soon. Like I mentioned earlier, this story will be in Vibe magazine very soon. I will have the official date. Just check the social media. That will be out there ASAP. I want to thank you for supporting the show. I want to thank you for these insane numbers that we've been doing. And it is, I I just want to keep that train rolling. Godspeed to Jasmine. Godspeed to Josh. Godspeed to all the guys and gals who were fired whether you were full-time or whether you were a freelancer and you simply didn't get your money from ebony ebony pay what you owe do better you owe this community better you owe your writers better you owe black people better do better 
Seriously. My name is J. Scott Smith, telling you to take care of yourself and your people. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. We are just one more episode away from JSC 100. And damn it, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what those two will be. But just know, it's very real here in the field on JSC Radio. Thank you for your support. Big ups and thanks to Doc Gillingsworth. Big up and thanks to Awesome Jones. Thanks to every one of y'all who supports this show. And I'll holla at you in episode 99. Goodbye, everybody. You're listening to The People's Podcast. I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. But I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another. This is JSC Radio. on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.